Hello and welcome to The Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth. This is episode 56 and we're going to talk about Evangeli Kitsch. That's right, Evangeli Kitsch. What in the world is Evangeli Kitsch? Evangeli Kitsch. I don't know how we should say that. That's what we're going to talk about. If you're wondering what it is, you're going to have to wait because I need to say, hey, Mike Grimes, what's going on today? Hey. Uh, I'm here to learn what Evangelic Kitsch is, just along with our listeners. I don't know. What? I tried it out on a couple people today, and they were laughing. So. Evangelic Kitsch. And I think I heard you say Evangelic Kitsch. Should it be Evangelic Kitsch or Evangelic Kitsch? I don't know. We're going to have to find out. We're going to talk about it in a little while. We made it up. We're going to define it. We, did. we are the authors of our own little empire here. <laughs> so right. it's very kitsch of us to be making up words. Yes. It's kind of lowbrow. Like, yeah, like kitches. Right, right, right. Hey, but before we get started rolling on with this evangelic kitsch business. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, we need to request a pactum absolvum. Oh, we I, are sorry I, to I say. pardon you. Yes, please. Uh, we do want to issue a correction, a clarification, an apology uh, on episode 55. So the episode just before this one that you're listening to now, episode 55, uh, we had the wrong author. I thought that was a good episode. It really was a great episode. And we've got some really good feedback. So in fact, what, what are you talking about? Well, see, at the beginning of the episode, and you know, maybe it's because of Wikipedia, because I used Wikipedia to talk about the author. That, this is like Adam blaming him, <laughs> blaming God for giving him a wife. Point those fingers every direction right. you can. We take ownership. We blew it. We messed up. We apologize. It is not John Murray that we referenced in the episode, but it is, in fact, written by John J. Murray. Uh, who was with Banner of Truth for many years. Uh, so we wanted to make that correction. We had the wrong guy. Okay, so this might get really confusing because you actually went back and edited the episode. I did. I edited the episode. Okay. Uh, so if you've already downloaded it or you've already listened to it, it may not refresh correctly. But if you haven't listened to it yet and you go back and listen, it's not going to mention John Murray at all. Okay, so the John Murray who wrote the book about Providence that we were promoting Correct. and enjoying, yep. published by Banner of Truth, uh, is not the same John Murray who's also published by Banner of Truth, right? Who wrote Redemption Accomplished and Applied, Correct. and other helpful the Romans Commentary, other helpful books. So yeah, two yep. different two different John Murrays. We're thankful for both of them. We are. Yep. Uh, I think both of them, from what I saw, uh, we were called out on Twitter, and we are thankful for that. We, we want to be the kind of people who say we were. I'll say it wrong. We were wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. We apologize, we wrong. and uh, hopefully we didn't. Uh, hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. So thankful for both John Murray's and their writing and their influence for good, for the glory of Christ, yep. right? Yes, we That's are thankful we for say. both. Yep. So there we go. Yep. And here we are on episode 56, Evangelic Kitsch. Evangelic Kitsch is what we're going to be talking about. So we're talking about what's happening in evangelicalism. Okay. Supposed to be where we believe the Bible is true. We believe the gospel, the basics about the gospel. So speaking broadly about Bible-believing Christianity in evangelicalism, sometimes we have weird sayings. We have phrases. We have labels that we use that kind of maybe at first sound sophisticated. Yeah. They, they, they sound uh, highbrow, but when in fact, when you look at them a little bit closer. They're 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 lowbrow. They're cheesy. They're kind of imitation ish. Mm -hmm. um, yep. They're not actually beautiful. Uh, they're tacky. Have I used that word yet? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so 
anyway, that's what we mean. We're talking about kitsch. Uh, we're talking about that, which is naive and naive imitation. Uh, what is uh, maybe trite. Yep. Sure. Now we do have some artists. Actually, we do. Who yeah. Listen to the Pactum and we love us some artists who listen to the Pactum and maybe they would correct us and say kitsch is okay. I think they might say kitsch is okay if it's kitschy on purpose. Right. Yeah. There's some kind of, I guess, area of kitsch that's a good thing. It, it, I, yeah, it is. We're not sophisticated artists yeah, I, here on the pact. It, it's true. So we're, since we are defining our terms, which is kind of kitschy, yeah. right? We're, <laughs> we're making up words. We're going to use it the way we want to. Yeah. And we want to say there are certain things that we say in evangelicalism, and we're going to do a brief series actually on evangelie. We're saying it on purpose that way because you know it doesn't have a lot of nutritional value. Right. Maybe it's actually <laughs> bad for your teeth. So this but it is, tastes so so good. <laughs> it might taste really good at first, but it's it's really not very good for you, right? So we're going to do evangelie kitsch. Evangelie kitsch. Yes. Things that sound profound but actually are cheap knockoffs. Yes. Is yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. And we have an ever-growing list. Mike, I try to use self-control not look at other people's lists. Oh, there are other evangelic kitsch lists. Uh, last week on in the in the in the tweeter verse, okay. I, I saw people. They they didn't use evangelic, oh, of okay. course, and they weren't using kitsch. kitsch. I think we are going to market this as our own absolute trademark. Uh, that's right. But they were talking about you know, like silly or dumb or thought. You know, just not, I don't want to say thoughtless things that Christians say that we ought not be saying. Yeah, yep. And so I don't think we're borrowing borrowing from anybody else's list. Um, this is our list. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any copyright infringement. We are. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And we we want to we're critiquing these things for the purpose of learning. It's not just about us being on our high horse. That's right. Uh, because I'm afraid of horses. You are. Kind of. Is there? A st- I would ride. What? No, I would ride a horse. It's just. I mean, there's some. They're big and strong and have a mind of their own. <laughs> I, I I have a good respect for horses. Okay, a healthy fear of horses, yeah. Oof, so we're man. not on our high horse here trying to talk down to everybody and say, get with the pactum times and get your sayings right. No, we're not trying to say that. In fact, let's just say, you know what, maybe we used to say that. Maybe it was okay for a while. It served a purpose, but it's something we shouldn't be saying anymore. Sure, yeah, so something we just... can learn from it, grow. Yep, yep. Be encouraged. so we're going to do a handful of these today. We are criticizing these statements because... They're lowbrow. We shouldn't say them anymore. So the first one on the list is Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Mm -hmm. I've heard that so many times. Have you ever said that? You know, I don't know that I've said it. You're too young. I I am too young. I I actually utilized it. I heard it early on as a Christian, and I thought that's exactly right. Mm. And who knows how many times I explained it to people that way. Because for me, I grew up in a church and it was kind of, you know, you know when to stand up, you know when to sit down, you know what to recite. And sure, it, yeah. it, it wasn't relational. It didn't mean anything for me. It was just kind of go through the motions and it felt very empty and meaningless. And then all of a sudden I heard the gospel, read the Bible and my life radically changed. And now all of a sudden I'm having a quiet time. We, that's going to be on our oh, list, that's, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So any, maybe not today, but all of a sudden it seemed it, it was personal and, sure. and it was for me and it was a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe we should talk about that on our mm-hmm. list. I don't know, but come to find out it's kind of evangelic kitschish. It is kind of evangelic kitschish, but at, at, its, at its best, people are using it just trying to get up away from this imper- impersonal nature of church and being there and just kind of stand up, sit down and fight, do fight, this, fight. do that. Yeah. Yep. Kind of thing. So I used the word religion not that long ago. I don't know how many years ago it was um, back when we had conferences and I spoke at conferences, <laughs> <laughs> but someone came, uh, 
kind of took me aside uh, and wanted to correct me and, you know, say, you know, we probably shouldn't say religion because Christianity is not a religion. <laughs> it's a relationship. And I was able to kindly say uh, and, and win the gentleman over, I think, um, and say, well, the interesting thing about that is uh, the word religion uh, means relationship. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love laughing about that. So religion, this is Lewis Burkhoff in summary of Christian doctrine. Religion is a, wait for it, relation in which man stands to God. So he's using the word there. I think mm-hmm. it's on purpose that it kind of sounds religion, relationship, I don't know, kind of even almost sounds the same. So sure, yeah. here we have uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, religion. It says human beings, relation. <laughs> To that which they regard as holy, sacred, absolute, spiritual, divine, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So Christianity is a relationship, not a relationship. That's what we would be saying, right? <laughs> or a religion, not a religion. That Yeah. It's just a redundancy. Sure. So maybe we've lost sight of that, but let, let's acknowledge the fact that the word religion is a good word, even though it, it's not good to have, you know, to, to pay the... the the papal dude up front to do religion for you. That's, right, got, yeah. that's kind of impersonal. That's not very relational. Religion means relationships. So if you don't, if you say it's a relationship, not a religion, we're, we don't, we're not even making sense. Right. Yeah. We're just stop making sense. Yeah. Talking head song. Great. I, I great song. Talking head is a group. Talking. Stop. I'm serious. The talking heads. You what? Don't, you don't know the talking heads? No. <laughs> <sighs> Everybody, Mike Grimes has some homework. He's got some listening to do tonight. He's got to get in touch with David Byrne. The Talking Heads. Stop making sense. Go, just Google the Talking Heads. Stop making sense when we're when we're not doing this. Okay. Right now, why not, right now we need your undivided attention because another reason why people don't like it's a relationship, not a religion. Perhaps some, maybe none of our listeners, but it's been used oftentimes or sometimes. Because we don't, we don't want to have doctrine. We don't want to have yeah. boundaries. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have uh, things we have to believe or supposed to believe. We don't want the dogma. Sure. Yeah. But in reality, Christianity is about doctrine. It's about the, the teachings. Right. What, what did the early church do in the book of Acts? They dedicated themselves to various things, but on the list would be the apostles' doctrines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So doctrine is important. There are boundaries. Christians do, in fact, believe certain things, and we deny other certain things. So right. Christianity is not odd doctrinal. So it's relational, but it's a relationship according to the way God says right. to have a relationship. And I guess finally, we, we might want to recover this. Religion is good because it, it is structured. It is in it is in a group. We might include this in Evangelic Hitch. Uh, it is in it is in community. Mm. Right? In community. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta laugh, gotta laugh. So let's recover the good word, the word called religion. So we do have things we're supposed to believe. We have things we're supposed to not believe about Jesus and about other things. And we're also in relationship with God according to the way God says, not the way I feel, not the way I think, not the way uh, I would prefer on my own terms. So let's love us some religion. What a great word. What a great word. And uh, we do have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, it's both of those things. We don't have to set them against each other uh, in an effort to make everything warm and fuzzy. Evangelic hitch. It looks like a gold egg of wonder. Instead, it's plastic. (laughs) Seen any good movies lately? I haven't. I have not watched a full-length movie in a long time. I'm trying to think of what I have. 
No, I just hear in the background Encanto constantly. That's what I hear, but I've never seen it. So. I don't even know anything about it. It's the newest, latest Disney okay. fad with all the kids in Kanto. Do you know Bruno? We don't uh, talk no. about Bruno. So. No, I don't know Bruno. Okay, well, we don't talk about him. Well, let's move on to our second let's, on the list of... Let's talk about great Christian movies that are just awesome. Ah, sounds like Evangelic Kitsch, Kitsch to me. Yes. Sounds like it. Let's move on to the next uh, Evangelic Kitsch thing-ish that we want to avoid. This lowbrow kind of... Yep. It's cheese whizzy. Mm-hmm. This one if you is, like cheese whiz, by the way, it's fine. It you is. just have to acknowledge that it's not real cheese and then it's okay. So right. it's okay to like kitsch as long as you just say it's kitsch on purpose. Right. Yeah. On purpose. Okay. Yeah. Second one on the list is heart knowledge versus head knowledge. What in the world? I, I, you know, I'm, I don't know that I've ever said it, but I definitely would have bought that. Yeah, I think I would have too. For sure. Yep. And I and this some of these might be old. So, so for our younger Pactum listeners, you might think, I've never even heard that before. Well, we want to learn about some of the mistakes of our fathers sure. and mothers. Yeah. <laughs> so let's have heart knowledge, not yeah. head knowledge. Yeah. I, I've heard that in the halls of um, this particular church that mm. you and I are. Yeah, pastors. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I, I get it. It makes sense. It's, yeah, there, I, there's a certain appeal to it, right? Yeah. yeah. How, again, how, how pe- could it be true? Well, again, it's people trying to not just say, "Let's just learn something." As in, you know, you know, go to school, go to class, learn something, pass the test, boom, throw it out the window. But they want to know these things. They want to own these things. They want to believe these things. Hold on to them. Hold them dear. And so they want to say, "Well, that's heart knowledge, not just head knowledge." Like when I went to history class. That was that was definitely head knowledge. I threw okay. it all out, got my A, and move on. Yep. And then they would say, but the heart knowledge is that stuff that we know and we love and we never lose and we hold dear to. And sometimes it is true that knowledge can just make you arrogant and yeah. puffed up. Yeah. I think the Bible talks about that. Yeah. So we don't want to have knowledge for knowledge's sake. We want to have it stir our affections. Yes. We want to have it lead to worship, uh, lead to thinking differently, behaving differently sometimes even. Mm-hmm. So for sure. But this whole heart knowledge not head versus head knowledge... I want to say that sounds like something straight out of Schleiermacher. Schleiermacher. Schleiermacher town. <laughs> what a name, Schleiermacher. Uh-huh. I wish I could say it with a good German accent, but every time I do it, it's just not that good. Mm. So Frederick Sch- Friedrich, not Frederick. Yeah, be Friedrich. Friedrich Schleiermacher. I'm trying. It's not very good. <laughs> so think 1700, it's 1768 to 1834. Friedrich Schleiermacher, oftentimes he is referred to as the father of theological liberalism. So he's the kind of guy that actually made this kind of thing popular early on. Hmm. So Christianity is all about experience. Christianity is all about um, feelings. Mm -hmm. Christianity has to do with your heart, not your head, Mm. right? So think post-enlightenment. Now that we know, wink, wink, that Christianity is not true, the doctrines aren't true because the history is not true if you're a theological liberal. Uh, So, But nevertheless, it's it's useful. It's helpful because uh, it's true in your heart. Yeah. It's heart knowledge, mm. not head knowledge. So I think oftentimes what comes into evangelicalism, been there, done that, it's actually, it's not helpful. It comes from theological liberalism. Think Machen, Christianity, and liberalism. Uh, so it's not doctrines based upon history. It's a way of life. Mm. So everything is applicable and everything is all about practical. Sounds a lot like theological liberalism, and that's actually not good. Yeah, We want no. to avoid it. So this... Heart knowledge, not head knowledge, sounds kind of Schleiermacher-ish. Schleiermacher-ish, yeah. It's good to know who some of these people are. Yeah, it is. It's helpful to know that some of these things, you know, 
when you say, well, why wouldn't I say that? Well, there's maybe some historical context for, you know, not that that saying comes from directly from Schleiermacher, but there's some history in the church. That, it's straight out of, not Compton, it's no, straight out of Schleiermacher yeah, town. Yeah, straight out of Schleiermacher town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that as many times there, as I can. I just want to say Evangelikic. Evangelikic. <laughs> My my, I mean, my wife laughed up about the whole thing. She she bought in. So I, I, yeah, I told Angie about it. I think she bought it. Yeah. Oh, you don't sound very confident. Well, I was trying to figure it out myself. I was like, okay, so Pat, we're going to do evan- evangelic kitsch. Okay. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's like sin. You just need to sin boldly if you're yeah. going to sin. You just go for it. Evangelic kitsch. <sighs> okay. So we're trying to make evangelicalism better by saying, you know, some of these things that sound profound, they look nice when you find when you actually look into it, you say, actually, that, that, that's an imitation. That's yeah. not very good. So yeah. the next one on our list is the next one on our list is. Oh boy, this is a good one. Live the gospel. Oh, mm, live the gospel. As you know, we just talked about everything applies to life and it's a way of life. Well, you got to live the gospel. So we need to live the gospel. Well, um, I just actually saw people tweeting this. No, maybe it was on Instagram. I don't know. Social media. Was it yesterday? I sent you the You sent me yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So people who even should know better talk about living the gospel. When you, when you hear someone say live the gospel, uh, what's problematic with living the gospel? Why would we be critical and say, you know, that seems like a cheap knockoff. Uh, it sounds profound. Live right. the gospel. Yeah. Right? Well, I, you, first you have to, what is the gospel? Oh. Well, the I'm, gospel is good news. It is good news. It's the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ oh, and what he has done for us through his not life, about death, and resurrection. Us. There you go. It's not about us. It's about him. Right. So how do you li- how would you live that? Oh, okay. Maybe Let, you could live in light oh, of that. that. Okay. That's, that's helpful. Let's right. say that's positive. And maybe if you mean that, sure. that's good. Sure. Yeah. We, we definitely want to live in light of the gospel. Absolutely. Um, and we actually can live in light of the gospel because we're united to Christ by faith. And we're right. not only, we not only die with Christ, we're raised with Christ. Think Romans chapter six, unto newness of life. Right. Right. Absolutely. But we can't live the gospel because we're not good. There's only one good one. Yeah. The evangel is none other than Jesus doing the good works, if right. you will, doing the doing what is good and right and holy. And we trust in him and it's good news to mm. us. Yeah. So you can't live the gospel. It's why you have to preach the gospel. Yeah. Because hello, my name is Pat. I have a problem. You know, hello, Pat. Yeah, I'm a sinner. Yeah. So at best, maybe someone could watch my life and see that I live differently. That sure. would be yeah. positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could say, what's different? That would be positive. But I can't live the gospel because I'm a sinner and I will be a sinner until, well, I, 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 I won't be glorified until I see Christ and I'm made like him. Yeah. So let's stop saying live the gospel because if the gospel you live is a perversion of the gospel yeah. because your, your best actions – are tainted, uh, Isaiah the prophet would say. So let, let's let's definitely stop this one. Yeah. It is a major foul. You can't live the gospel. You preach the gospel because it's about not. It's not about you, even though it affects you. It's about the good work of the one and only good one. So I think we're actually going to deal with some more more uh, jellyish, kitschyish things that are going to relate to this one. Yeah. So yeah, we even probably. Our- yeah, probably need to keep things rolling and move on to the next. Yeah, one. even our next one on our list of evangelikich uh, is to preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, 
use words. We need to add a laugh track to this one. <laughs> it's kind of what I think. Oh, my. I, I've heard so many people say this. I, oh, I heard yeah. some, some, some youth pastors talking about how awesome, how awesome it was, man, dude. Yeah. Uh, so it's often attributed to St. Francis of Assisi or <laughs> Assisi. Assisi. Okay, I couldn't help myself there. Um, but there, I don't think there's any proof. So, yeah. But regardless, that's usually what people think of. So my lack of ability to pronounce the name properly is probably because I like to say, if you don't preach the gospel with words, it's because you're a sissy. <laughs> that must be it. That, that's to, why. Yeah. So we have to preach the gospel with words because it's the good news, as we were just saying, it's the good news about another. Mm-hmm. And so it's absolutely, totally impossible for Pat Abendroth or Mike Grimes or anyone else to preach the gospel with their life. Which right. We live in light of the gospel. We can't preach the gospel because it's the news about Jesus. Romans 10 is so clear on this. Romans 10, 14, and 15. Uh, it, it goes through the whole thing. How will they know without a liver? No. no. How will they know without a preacher? preacher? So we preach good news, and it's good news about another. So that is why this is so important. Faith comes by not watching Pat, no. uh, faith, faith comes by hearing. Right. So, uh, so we need to keep this in mind. We have to have it stuck in our minds. Uh, well, what we don't want to do is present and preach, if you will, a perverted view of the gospel, which would be me. Hmm. And oftentimes it's, hey, just do what I do. Yeah, Actually, do what I do insofar as I follow Christ, sure. But don't, don't get the gospel from me. And as a parent, I, I've tried to make this clear to my kids. It's about the good news of another. My kids are going to know that dad is a sinner, yeah. even on his best day. And my wife for sure knows that her husband is a sinner, even on his best day. I want people who are members of this congregation to know that the pastor is a sinner. That's why I preach Christ instead of seven ways to do this, that, or the other thing. Right, yeah. Because I'm so good at it. Yep. Before you know it, they're going to think, oh, the pastor, he lives the gospel. No, he doesn't. Right. And uh, you have to preach the gospel with words. Yes, yes. So... I even think of Second Corinthians chapter four, where the Apostle Paul says, "We don't preach ourselves; we preach Christ." So we have to use words. I did see my friend Daryl posted yesterday on Twitter: uh, "Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use amplification," <laughs> or something like that. Sure, I like yeah. that. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, yeah. This is good news to be proclaimed. Good news to be heralded, not to just simply tuck away and try to live in a way that might. Uh, save people. Jesus and Jesus alone is the perfect law keeper. Jesus and Jesus alone made perfect atonement for sin. Jesus and Jesus alone conquered sin in the grave and death, rose victoriously, ascended. So he's the one we preach. And and it's impossible to live that out. Right. Uh, even if you're the best mime on planet earth, you can't live that out. Right. Yeah. Um, are you afraid of mimes? No. I, I people, people say they're afraid of clowns. I'm afraid of mimes. I'm I, they don't bother me. I think they're fun to watch. You've seen one before. Uh-huh. I was a bit. I was beginning to wonder if you knew what they were. Yes. I thought anyone and everyone who actually would be <laughs> honest and has ever seen one would say they give me they give me bad dreams. Maybe I no. They don't bother me. I do have a family member who is absolutely terrified of clowns, but I it okay. doesn't really phase me. All I'm, right. Yeah. And and if you are a mime and you're listening today, may the Lord bless you. I'm sure you're the best kind of mime that there is, and you try to live the gospel, miming the gospel. Mime away. How would you, yeah, if you can. Years and years ago, as a new Christian, I knew some people who were members of the church, and they were, they were clowns for Jesus or something. What? I don't know what it was, but it kind of sounded funny now that I think about it. 
<laughs> I I think Pat and Mike on the Pactum sometimes are clowns. Well, I think we are clowns. We're, we're clowns for Jesus. That's so, about the truth of it right there. Yeah, how about Evangeli Kitsch? Evangeli Kitsch. Well, maybe a couple more Evangeli Kitsch as we're rolling along here on this episode of the Pactum. Uh, next on our list is... Biblicist. Oh, that's one we've talked about before. In fact, it was our very first episode. It was where our we first episode. A lot slower. But if you listen to episode one, there sometimes critics of Christians who take the Bible seriously label us biblicists. Right. We'll, we'll we'll gladly bear that uh, badge. Sure. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who don't think you should pay attention to Christian history. You don't. It's just you and your Bible. You don't need creeds and confessions. It's it's ah historical, right? And it is a breeding ground for heresy. It is yes. And so, um, biblicism is bad. Don't if you if you hear someone call themselves a biblicist, just pray for them. Um, but also, you might want to check their work. Sure. <laughs> You might want to do a little research because a lot of bad things have been promoted, uh, bad doctrine, uh, because people say, oh, well, I'm a biblicist. Yeah. And they somehow have to get all of their theology from word searches on Lagos. Yeah. Some people say Logos. Uh, they would be wrong. It's Lagos. Lagos. Just for clarity's sake. <laughs> um did did we say we were perfect podcast ep, um, hosts on the last on the episode? last episode? We said we were perfect podcast hosts, and we we blew it big time. We, may, we just wanted to make sure everyone knew that we we aren't because we had to issue a retraction. Yes, we did. So I remember doing research. I may have shared this on the episode. I don't know, but doing research and doing some writing on biblicism, and it was kind of enlightening my, like, who knows how many volume library that I have access to on my computer. And the biblicists, the people who prided themselves in biblicism, um, they were in the minority. And Mm. when you deal with people who, but it was kind of shocking to see who who used that as a badge of honor. I'm sure, yeah. But um, historically, when people talk about Christianity and Protestantism and Reformed Christianity, it's it's not a good look. Hmm. Um, it's it's creedal, it's a confessional, and it is um, warm to heresy. Yes. So let's not do the biblicism thing. Uh, for example, we believe in the hypostatic union, uh, deity and humanity of Christ. You're not going to find hypostatic union in right. a word search. Trinity is the Trinity, low life yep. fruit one. Yep. Covenant of grace, covenant of redemption, covenant of works. You won't find any of those, uh, but they are as biblical as anything else we're talking about. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with biblicism, we'd have no creed but Christ. Sure. Yep. That kind of thing. No book but the Bible. No book right? but the Bible. Yep. I think churches like our church, well, evangelicalism is kind of warm to this concept, sure, warm to yeah. this idea, especially with like celebrity pastors. Mm. And so that's what my pastor says is kind of the, or, or what's in the, the study Bible of the day um, is, is what goes. And that can be, not always, but it can be kind of a biblicist kind of way to go. And uh, when the pastor changes his view on the eternal sonship of Jesus, right. then everybody else has to change their view. Right. And yeah. that would kind of fit with biblicism because we found the Bible saying something a certain way in a certain text. Yeah. And we built a doctrine on it. Never mind we ignored the other five texts that talk about the same thing that would allow nuance and distinction and for us to affirm the eternal sonship of Jesus. Right. Yep. We are not the first Christians. Let's not pretend we are. That's a great way to put it. And we have some good resources attached to episode one that would help you to avoid biblicism. Yes. Well, let's round out our episode, finish it up, and wrap it up with Evangelic 
I can't even, I don't even, am I saying it right? Evangelikitch. Yes. <laughs> I think we could say Evangelikitch. I heard you say it that way and I thought, ooh, maybe I should say it that way. But I kind of like the jelly. Jelly, so, Evangelic. So where's the emphasis? Is it on Evangelikitch? Evangelikitch. Evangelic. I kind of like the pause too. Evangelikitch. Evangelikitch. Okay. I don't know. We can. It's our thing. It's it, kitschy. It's true. When, and oftentimes it's kitschy when you make things up that, yep. uh, and to sound profound that they actually aren't. So I actually think it fits perfectly. Here's the question though, Mike. How are we going to spell it? Are we going to spell it E-V-A-N-G-E-L-I or do we want it to look like jelly, like <laughs> grape jelly? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the marketing meeting with the Pactum. They're, they're, yeah, we need to How have How do that. we spell it? And do we hmm. put a hyphen in there or not? I'm not sure. Um, but Think, kit, kitsch is spelled, we should have done this earlier. It is K I T S C H. So evangelikitch, evangelikitch. I'm not really sure. Well, I want to make sure people can find the episode as part of it. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure we get that wrapped up in our post recording marketing meeting, but let's wrap it up with number six on the evangelikitch list. And that is justification is. Just as if I never sinned. Yeah, I heard that a lot. We talk about we that, talk I think, about a fair that. amount on the Pactum. Yeah. Because we are forensocentric. Forensocentric. We we like the doctrine of just doctrine of justification mm, a lot. Yeah. So yeah, just as if I never sinned, it sounds good. If your Sunday school teacher taught it that way, taught you um, justification that way, send them a card and tell them how thankful you are that they were your Sunday school teacher. Yes. How about that? Yeah. And you don't need to correct them. Uh just pray for them. But you yourself need to know as part of the Pactum verse, uh, just as if I never sinned doesn't quite cut it because that would bring you to zero. Zero. And justification in light of Romans, for example, Romans 5, 1 and following. Uh, if we're justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's great news. It's wonderful news. But it is forensic. It is God declaring us not zeros. Right. Um, because God doesn't require zeros. He's declaring us righteous. righteous. He's declaring us perfectly obedient to his law. That is what the word means. Last I checked. Yes. Checked a few times. And so it would, I mean, if we we're going to try to make this fly, what would it be, Mike? Justification is not just as if I never sinned. It would end up being... Just as if I never sinned and just as if I always did what was right. There, there you have it. So, <laughs> or just as if I always did what was right. Yep. Yeah. Just as if I perfectly, personally, and perpetually obeyed God's perfect standards or something right, like yeah. that, his law. So you could see episodes 23 and 24 where we do an episode on the active obedience of Christ. Do check out those episodes where we talk about the active obedience of Christ. So yes, it is true. We have forgiveness, but we have more than forgiveness. So just as if you are absolutely perfect and always have been perfect and always will be perfect uh, as an obedient son or daughter, that's the idea of justification. It is to be declared righteous by God, not because of you, but because of the perfect work of Jesus. Right. Jesus makes atonement to get rid of our guilt. Jesus also positively provides righteousness. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. Right. He came to do this, the Bible says, so that we might live. Yes. Yeah. Luke, Luke chapter 10. You can yeah. see that episode as well. Do this and live. I don't know what episode that was, but it's a recent one. And we did an interview with... 51. Okay. With our Scott Clark. Actually, we we, we being the corporate we. Right. Yes. Because I was, in fact, by myself. You were. That's mm -hmm. true. Yep. 
So, Evangelikitch, we're going to do another episode or two or three. It depends on how long the list goes. Yeah, I think we should probably invite our listeners, maybe those who um, don't like it that we made up a word that's kind of kitschy there for. <laughs> right. Uh, so if you don't like the, the, the label that we're using, Evangelikitch, maybe you are schooled in postmodernism and you realize that we are so lowbrow. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It kind of proves the point. Right. But at the same time, if you would like to email the complaint department, uh, Mike, what is what is the email address for I that? I believe it is info at the Gospel Coalition. <laughs> no, uh, info at... I can't remember what it is. <laughs> uh, but if you do want to email us uh, some of your favorite Evangelic Kitsch it, oh, sayings... It, it might be info at Schleiermacher, Schleiermacher. Schleiermacher Town <laughs> dot Germany dot dot, dot something C-O. other than... Dot .co. There you go. What is dot .co? It's the Kitsch... Com. <laughs> it's co is they brought it in as a abbreviation to com since that's a long one you know? okay all right good awesome but if you do have some ev- evangelic hitches you want to let us know about you can uh, <laughs> the list is going to be way 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 too long oh <laughs> uh, you could, you you could m- mike makes promises send if you have evangelic kits you want to share with us um write a poem <laughs> and if you write a poem and it is I mean, fit enough to get us to to laugh our pactum heads off. Yep. Um, we'll we'll share the poem. We will. We'll uh-huh. share it. We'll recite it. We'll even <laughs> snap when it's over. <laughs> but but if you don't have a thoughtful, um, intriguing poem uh, regarding Evangelic Hitch, then you probably need to go ahead and just send it to schleiermacher dot com. Yep, that's for. <laughs> <laughs> We do want to thank you for listening to the Pactum and being a part of the Pactum verse. You can, as always, get in touch with us on Twitter at the Pactum, Instagram at the Pactum Theology, and you can email us at connect at the Pactum.org. Five stars. Five stars wherever you can. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the beginnings of our list of Evangelic Kitsch. We'll see you next time on The Pactum. Mm-hmm.